Hello, age disruptors. Today, I'm recording this podcast with a live studio audience. All of you attending this recording now are members of the Hack My Age VIP program. And part of being in this exclusive club is the ability to dial in and watch the interviews as they are recorded. And you can ask your own questions. If you want to be a part of this amazing community, go to patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash hack my age and sign up not only for these cool interviews, but so much more. You can now watch all of our podcast interviews on the Hack My Age YouTube channel. Some of our guests bring slideshows, so it's really great to have. Every week there is a new video, so just search HackMyAge on YouTube.com or find the link on the Hack My Age website. You are now listening to the Hack My Age podcast, the show that brings you guests for the women going through the menopause journey. I'm your host, Zora Benamu, a gerontologist, certified sports nutrition, menopause, and breathing coach. I'm the author of the Longevity Master Plan and the cookbook Eating for Longevity. And if you're a woman in perimenopause or postmenopause, check out the program on the HackMyAge.com website to biohack and optimize your menopause experience because menopause is inevitable but suffering is optional. So now please head on over to Apple Podcasts or Spotify to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review to help others find us too. This is a really important point because it costs nothing, but makes a huge impact for me to support a podcast for menopausal women to normalize this conversation about menopause and attract even more amazing guests to the show for you and for me. I've known my next guest, Lainey Gray, for several years now. And over time, I'm, I'm always amazed at not only how much she knows about gut health and women in menopause, but how she continually educates herself through the many conferences she attends year after year. She's always bringing us new information. And Lainey is a functional health practitioner, and she's really dedicated to specializing in women's hormones and gut health. That's her niche. She's got a master's degree in holistic nutrition and is a certified functional diagnostic uh, certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. And she's also an ACE, that's ACE, certified personal trainer, a Czech holistic lifestyle coach, and precision nutrition coach like me. I also went through ACE and precision nutrition training. And she has her own practice called Gray Star Health. And I'll have all her contact information in the show notes. So you'll be happy to hear that Lainey isn't new to the business of gut health. She's been at it for over 20 years supporting busy women on their journey to understand their hormones and get them back under control so they can get back to their old selves when they felt great and had plenty of energy. So yes, we can get all of this back. Don't worry. <laughs> Lainey is a whiz. She's a whiz at lab testing, but she starts by foundation first. And I really like her approach because so many functional medicine doctors, especially in that gut health space can over test us and it's not always necessary and not all of us have the budget for this either so she totally gets this and respects 
every woman's personal journey, her own budget and her approach to, to healing. I just feel like she lives in the real world and she understands like what is sustainable and what's realistic, the majority of the women out there. And, and she gets a lot done with the minimum amount of time and money and effort. So you're really going to love her. I really trust her and all the information she gives us. So now without further ado, let's meet Lainey Gray. Welcome. Hi, Zora. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, we had so many discussions in our biohacking menopause community, and we were doing Clubhouse before. And so I really yeah. you know, got to know you and your you know, your delivery. And I just can't believe it took me this long to get you on a podcast. So I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> but you do have a great niche. And I, I know you work with all ages with men and, and with like diversity of people, but you specialize in women and that helps. So for practical purposes of this podcast, we're really going to focus on just on those women who are going in this menopause transition, which is around 40 to 60. So what issues are you seeing with women in this category, these women who are coming to you? Like, why do they come to you in the first place? Zora, where do you want me to start? <laughs> I, I know it was like the most popular one. Like, I know there's a ton, but like, well, like what do you see over and over with the most... Yes. No, I definitely right now I'm dealing with a lot of midlife women that are entering that menopause transition. So a lot of them have some weight gain that they're not sure how they gained this weight. They might have brain fog, mood swings. They can't find words. A lot of them are having gut issues for the first time, or they're struggling with food sensitivities. Headaches are getting worse, inflammation, you know, their blood tests are changing, and they just don't feel like themselves. They're, they've lost their libido, they're a little depressed, a little anxious. So it's kind of like all these little symptoms that we've probably had our whole life every once in a while, but all of a sudden they become chronic. And so these women come and they're like, help, how do I balance my hormones? How do I get my gut on track? I just want to feel good. Mm, okay. So they have a clue. They feel like it's their hormones may have something to do with it. They know yes. that they're going through menopause or perimenopause or something's really mm -hmm. changing. And yeah. when it comes to, so it, it's interesting because you do take this approach where a lot of these symptoms, you would say either, you know, you do look at their hormones, but is, is coming from the gut as well. So it may not just be hormones or maybe the gut influencing the hormones or vice versa. And so I, I, I want to, I want to, we're going to talk about, you know, some of the signs and symptoms that of say gut issues is, as well. But first of all, how does the loss of our sex hormones or progesterone or estrogen, testosterone, like how does this all impact our digestive health? So it's really interesting because a lot of women know, you know, something's changing. I'm, I'm getting into menopause and I think my hormones are changing. And so they typically think of hot flashes or these things that we always hear about. But what we forget is that estrogen and progesterone have receptors all over the body. So they literally have effects systemically. So not just in our ovaries, not just in reproduction. One of the things they affect is motility and smooth muscle function. Mm -hmm. So this comes to digestion, our food doesn't move through the system the same way. Mm -hmm. So we feel a lot of like belly aches or gut aches, like things aren't moving. And that also affects how we eliminate. So a lot of women start noticing constipation or changes in their bowel habits as the hormones shift. These hormones affect our electrolyte balance. So as we lose progesterone, sometimes we need a lot more magnesium to stay 
you know, regular bowel movements because women get a lot more constipated. Our gastric secretions, like our enzymes and our, you know, hydrochloric acid is affected by estrogen and progesterone decline. So we don't break our food down the same way. So we become more inflamed. So all of this has a role on on digestion, all of it. It's really crazy. And we don't think about that, but it does. So women will come going, I'm more constipated. I have more food sensitivities and I've had acid reflux for the first time in my life. And not to mention the insulin resistance that also happens, meaning yes. we can't eat yes. so much uh, or as many carbs as, say, as refined carbs really? as we used to. Diet yeah. seems to not have changed, exercise not changed, but yet we, we have trouble shuttling that sugar out of our system and it just gets stored as yeah. fat. So excess, yes. unwanted fat, <laughs> not the ones that we yeah. need. It's true. Yes. So yeah, there's so much, there's so much out there. So so then that hormones do, do affect. And then of course we're having trouble building muscle, which is great for metabolism. And for that insulin resistance, we have trouble sleeping, you know, slap on all those effects of side effects of loss of hormones, Mm -hmm. not just, you know, and then it were stress. And then of course, then that affects the gut. Maybe it had nothing to do imagine our hormones totally fine. Like we're midlife and not midlife We're we're young and, uh, and we still have plenty of hormones. Well, all this stress, if you're not sleeping well, because you're stressed out, well, of course that's going to affect your gut too, but it's kind of like we got double whammy in, in perimenopause and menopause. Mm -hmm. And, and sometimes I always feel like this little, you know, this perimenopause, this transition experience is a little bit like when you wake up in the middle of the night and something hurts or you have a problem you're trying to solve. It's so exaggerated like, like yes. in the middle of the yes. day. And then when you wake up, you're like, ah, it's fine. You know? And so that's sort of the, you know, as we get through this transition, we wake up and go, okay. But when you're in it, it's, everything is exaggerated. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's really, I always describe it as our resilience changes, mm. right? So when we have a normal flux of hormones, we're a lot more resilient. We're more resilient to our vacation you know, when we go off and eat whatever we want, or we're resilient to maybe not getting two nights of sleep, you know, when we go away for the weekend and we can bounce back. When we get into perimenopause, that resilience changes a little bit. And that has a role and an effect everywhere throughout the body, that little bit of stress, that inflammation, the blood sugar. And then that makes all of those menopause symptoms a little worse. Mm. So what about the reverse? Uh, Let's say you uh, have you know, your gut is not optimized. Let's say you have been bloating, you're having gas, you know, and, and how does that affect your hormones the opposite way? Yeah. This episode is sponsored by Oxford Healthspan, the creators of my favorite supplement, Primadine. I admit it, I am a total supplement junkie, but if I had to choose only one, it would be this one. And it's because Primadine is spermidine. And this is shown to activate autophagy, which is super important. Now, this is a cellular cleanup and recycling process that declines as we age. So as we get older, our cells accumulate a lot of junk and waste, which isn't good for our cells, our health, nor our longevity. So we need to clean it up. And if you want the research on this, go to OxfordHealthSpan.com and you can see all of it, showing how spermidine supports our brain, our hormones, and our heart health. And another great side effect is stronger hair, skin, and nails, but also longer eyelashes. But, you know, the real important reason why I love Primadine is because I have never 
ever received as much feedback on a product I recommended as I have with Primadine. Literally every week, someone reaches out to me on Facebook or Instagram with an amazing testimonial. And most of the time, it's about improved sleep. And even some of you told me it's reversed a bit of your gray hair too. So I find that totally amazing. So I can honestly say with 100% certainty that Primadine is the best spermidine supplement you'll ever find. And you can try it with a 15% discount by using the code Zora, Z-O-R-A, on OxfordHealthSpan.com. Just be sure to get back to me with your results too. Now enjoy the show. We have to remember our entire body is made of cells, right? If we break it down, we are made up of trillions of cells. And each of these cells need nutrients in order to function well. So if we want to produce hormones, circulate hormones, and get rid of our used hormones, we need to have adequate nutrition. And the only way for us to get nutrition is through our digestive system, right? If we want our thyroid to function well, we need to get nutrients to our thyroid. If our digestive system is not working well, and you feel it when you have a gut ache, when you're bloated, when you're gassy, when you're constipated, something's wrong. And guarantee we're not getting the nutrients in, they're not getting to the different systems of the body, and then we're going to feel that imbalance throughout the body. Okay. So this is going to give me a two-pronged approach. If you have, if you're going to attack gut issues, let's say with nutrition and hormones, that's, I know there's a lot of options out there. Let's just say there's those two. Yes. Instead of choosing one over the other, I, I would take the approach, probably go down both pathways. What do you think? Yes. Oh, totally. Because that's usually someone will come in and say, I've gained weight. I wonder if it's my thyroid or I don't think I'm ovulating anymore. And then we start looking at their blood work and we look at their lifestyle questionnaires and we're like, you're not absorbing nutrients. Like, how can you expect the thyroid to function or your hormones to be balanced if they're not getting the nutrition? right? So we have to be able to absorb nutrition. And then we have to make sure that we're not inflamed. So if our gut is inflamed, remember that that's a chronic inflammation going on. And that's triggering stress and cortisol all the time. Yeah. So if we're not getting nutrients broken down, and we have inflammation in the gut, that's going to affect our stress level, our hormone balance, and any of those kind of symptoms that we've kind of had here and there are going to be exacerbated and feel really overwhelming. So we really have to look at how can we take care of all of them at one time. Mm -hmm. Such a holistic approach. So, mm -hmm. yeah, and just for those people, cortisol is that stress hormone. It is a hormone. There's so many vitamin Ds, hormone. There's so many things we don't consider hormones, especially in this menopause. Mm -hmm. We only think about progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, but it's yeah. so much more than that thyroid hormone. Oh my gosh. And there's like this symphony that happens, right? When we want them all yeah. to be in harmony. And once one is off, then yeah, it just kind of cascades a little bit out of control. Yes. So let's talk about, a lot of people heard about the gut microbiome. What is that? The gut microbiome is the trillions and trillions of bacteria and microbes that live within our body. So we typically hear of them as the gut microbiome. That's majorly, most of them are, are found in the large intestine or the colon. And that's where we hear about the gut microbiome, but we have a microbiome throughout our body. We have it on our skin, in our oral and nasal, you know, 
cavities and in our vagina as well. So we have these microbiomes throughout our whole body. And what's interesting is we have often in the past thought of bacteria as being bad, but these bacteria actually do a lot of really great things for us. And we now know that they're critical for our overall health. So it's really fascinating to learn to understand these, especially when it comes to menopause, because it does play a role in so many aspects of our health. Yeah. So we always hear, I always talk about the good bacteria, the bad bacteria. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, to me, it seems like, and I don't even, I don't even like using the word good and bad. That's sort of baby talk, but, but cause even I think sometimes bad bacteria maybe have a, have a role somewhere there. Yes. But in general, like I talk a lot, you know, when I was health coaching women through, through their, their diets and nutrition, a lot of them had sugar cravings. And so try, that's when I'd explain, we probably have too much of the sugar microbes asking for more sugar. Yeah. It's not you. Don't worry. Not your fault. It's just these little microbes yeah. in your body asking, sending signals to the brain to go and eat sugar because they want to be fed. Right. So we have the, the bacteria, yeah. the broccoli, the ones that like salmon, then the bacteria <laughs> that likes sugar and candy and sweets. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you just said it, whatever we feed is the kind of bacteria that we're going to get more of. When we talk about that, the beneficial bacteria and then maybe the not so beneficial, we usually need some of them. So you're right, Zora, they all have a role. It's just keeping them in a good balance. Having more of the beneficial bacteria keeps us healthy and we start to have different symptoms of disease. So you talked about some of the other microbes, I mean, sorry, the other uh, microbiomes that we have, which is super yes. interesting. Even an eye and the eyes have their own microbiome. Yes, but wow. I, I did a really great podcast with Dr. Don Nishwitz, who's all who's a uh, biological dentist. So he's just a dentist, next level, you know, health optimization type dentist, biohacker, and he talked a lot about this relationship between our oral health, because of course he's a dentist. Everything for him, everything begins in the mouth. How does that oral health microbiome or oral microbiome? affect our gut health? Well, once again, everything is related in the body. So we have this microbiome in our oral cavity and part of it is in our saliva, right? That's how we break down our food with digestion. And we want to make sure we have the good guys in there to break our food down. But if we don't have the right balance of bacteria in our, in our mouth, that can lead to cavities, gum disease, bad breath, all of these different things. And you have to remember the saliva it goes in through the glands like that. Some of our, our medicines and supplements that we take are sublingual because they actually get absorbed under the tongue. So anything that's in your mouth can get absorbed right through all this mucosal barrier and get into your body systemically. So if you have bad bacteria in your mouth, it's going to get throughout your body. So there's lots of correlations with our oral microbiome and heart disease. And then Think about our digestion. When we're chewing our food, saliva is mixing with our food, and then we swallow that. So that bacteria is going to get into our digestive system. And so, yes, with the most recent conference, we had a big talk on the oral microbiome and how do we improve the microbiome? We can do some things in the mouth, but it really comes back to the gut. So the bacteria in the gut then get into circulation and come back up to help us produce more healthy saliva, if you will. So it's still all together. Yes. Yeah. And also the gut brain connection. Let's talk a little bit about mm -hmm. that. Yeah. What are you? Yes. Fascinating. A little bit. Yeah. How the gut and the brain work together. 
Yeah. So we have this two-way communication between the brain and our gut. And our gut is so important. This is what's fascinating to me. So if you actually had a spinal cord injury and your brain was removed, your digestive system and gut would function on its own. What? So it's called, yes, it's called the second brain. It's called the second brain. So it doesn't need the brain to do its job. It's the enteric nervous system. It's fascinating. And if you think about it, when you have that gut feeling, yeah. right? When you, when you, oh, you get the butterflies, you're nervous, that's your brain and your gut talking. So we talk about this really cool communication between the two of them. And what's one chemical that makes us really happy that we need in our brain? I know you know the answer to this, but serotonin. And we think about that being produced in the brain, but actually most of our serotonin is produced in the gut. So if you have a good mood, we've got to be taking care of our gut health. And it's, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. And so we, and we think about this highway of information coming from the brain down and information from the gut up. Most of that information is from the gut to the brain. Most of it's from the gut. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very, not little, but very, a lot less is to the, from the brain to the gut. Wow. Oh my gosh. So I think what I, this reminds me a little bit about, there's a, there was a uh, rehab center I went to visit in Spain, Marbella, and I was visiting some um, man who wanted to be a client and he uh, had drug addiction. It's a drug addiction place. The guy's Mm. really, really in a bad situation. And I looked at the cafeteria because I was trying to plan, you know, food for him because I knew very well of this gut brain connection and I wanted him to have a good gut. <laughs> and I was horrified by the cafeteria choices. It was, you know, packaged cereals and white wonder bread type food and just pasta and just no few, very little vegetables. And um, yeah, I just was sugary drinks, Coke. And I, I, I was horrified. So I really think that was sort of the, that was the first place where we, we just started to, to clean up. And that is super important just to show you, you know, really, if you are dealing with depression or anxiety, and even though it may be hormonal, taking a look at your gut and your gut health and the food and the nutrition that you, that you take is, is really important. And it's not just a supplement, but, but really the foods. Like, let's talk about um, why focusing on digestion and this gut health is so critical to our overall health and well-being and, and, and how it impacts this woman's transition into menopause. Because you mentioned something about uh, the oral microbiome and our heart health. So we know that when we go through menopause, you know, I really kind of want to really think about how bones, brain, heart, yes. uh, you know, body composition, muscle mass, like all of this stuff is, those are things that we are very concerned about during menopause. So really how how is this all being affected with this digestion? How does the digestion component come in here? This is great. So, so I know, and you've had this conversation with so many other people on the podcast about replacing hormones, right? So we talk about this decline in hormones and how, if you choose to replace them, that can help support these different systems that are very reliant on estrogen and progesterone for optimal health. What do you do if you don't replace the hormones or what can you do in adjunct to replacing hormones? It really comes down to lifestyle and fixing your digestion and gut health, right? So if we want to maintain muscle mass, we have to lift weights and get enough protein. How are we going to get the protein to our muscles through our digestive system? Hmm. So if your digestive system, if you're not breaking down the protein, if you can't absorb the protein, 
that's not going to help your muscles, right? So we really do want a digestive system that lets, allows us to do our lifestyle and get the good effects. Then we talk about that gut lining, right? So that is really important in how we absorb. And it's down, we call it leaky gut. You've heard of leaky gut before, this intestinal permeability. This is where our immune system is. And so we really want to have this integrity of the gut lining because this is how our immune system wards off pathogens and different things. And if that immune system is, is constantly activated because we're eating poor foods or those kind of things, we run the risk of having different aches and pains throughout the whole body. And what I see happening a lot with women in midlife is autoimmunity showing up because estrogen and progesterone, progesterone modulate the immune system. And as we lose that, we really have to focus on what's our, what's our defense system, our gut microbiome and our intestinal lining. So we have to double down on protecting that system and fortifying that immune system. And then coming to the microbiome, right? As the hormones are fluctuating, we talk about estrogen detox quite often. We've had conversations about this, Laura. One of the things that happens in our microbiome is we have certain bacteria that help us eliminate hormones when we're done using them. If we don't have the right balance, those hormones can be recirculated and reabsorbed. This can cause all kinds of problems and in some cases even increase our risk for cancers. So this is a big deal. And then having the right microbiome and having the right bacteria is important because when we have the not so good guys, they produce a substance called LPS, lipopolysaccharides, lipopolysaccharides, okay? And these are inflammatory. And guess what? If you have all of this LPS in your gut, it doesn't stay in your gut. It gets on that nervous system, travels up to your brain and causes inflammation in your brain. What's the one thing we talk about with women in menopause? Alzheimer's, dementia, different things happening, anxiety, depression. Is it a hormone issue or is it an inflammation issue from the gut? Mm -hmm. All of these things come back. It's really, really crazy. Yeah, there's there so many reasons why we may be in such a, a state or at risk. Or, yes. And it's uh-huh. so important that you highlight that it's that hormones are not just a quick fix for everything. And I always say yeah. that you can't out hormone a bad diet and lifestyle, mm-hmm. even, you know, even though and I'm such a big fan of bioidentical hormones and how that has helped so many women as well. But at the same time, there are women who go on and they're like, I still have problems. And I, I don't know, then it maybe it's something else, right? So that's when we need to look at other, other, other things. And then to mention the fact that, yes, our body is constantly circulating and detoxing a lot of hormones, including estrogen. And if estrogen is not being detoxed out of the body and it sits there in circulation, you are putting your risk for disease. And that's why we, we, I love the Dr. Carrie Jones, the way she explained uh, alcohol. And I'm sorry, ladies, you know, alcohol is one of those things that just that needs yeah. to be right in the liver. And as I understand, the way she explained it is that that will hijack the system. It will cut in front of the line of estrogen, put estrogen aside, like let's not detox estrogen now. That's going to come later because the priority is alcohol. And meanwhile, estrogen sitting there waiting to be detoxified, circulating in your body. And that's no good, right? So Ooh. please, no alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. No, exactly. And that's when we're talking about the hormone replacement, it's the icing on the cake. You still got to make the cake first, right? So all those foundations and then hormones are this, this extra thing that makes life really great. But without the foundations, it's not going to work. And gut health and digestion really are the foundation of overall health 
across any, you know, age, stage of life. Yeah. Okay. So yes, super important. There is, there's, there's so much connection here and they, it's all intertwined. You know, I really, I know everybody wants like that magic bullet. What do I do? What's the supplement I take or <laughs> what do I do? But it is just such a holistic approach to all this stuff. Hey, I'm butting in for a quick second. If you enjoy the content brought to you in this podcast, consider supporting Hack My Age by becoming a patron on patreon.com. This is where you can drop a tip or become a member for the price of a coffee. Members get special material, free coaching, and private Zoom calls. Join us by going to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Hack My Age. Thanks for your support. Now let's get back to the podcast. Uh, What about, what if a woman has gas, bloating, IBS, leaky gut, you know, stabbing pain or whatever it is that after she eats or through stress, because we didn't talk about stress and how that can also impact. It's not just, you know, eating crap food. You can eat great food and have a lot of stress and still have gut issues. Right. So yeah. yeah, What happens if she's been like this for decades and ignores them or has been trying, I guess, certain things doesn't really work, but what's going to happen if she doesn't take care of that? Well, if we, if we really simplify the digestive system, its jobs are to break down food, absorb the nutrients, and then eliminate the waste. Now, the other thing about this is that we have these two parts of our autonomic nervous system, our, you know, stress system, that's our fight and flight. And then this other, the parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest. So digestion does not work optimally if you are stressed. You need to be in that more relaxed state for digestion to work well. Now, this happens with women all across the board, right? We're running, we're being moms, we're doing all the things, we're stressed all the time, and we start to have these little digestive issues. And this is what I see is I have women coming into me that have chronic gut health symptoms but their stress is out of control. So they're taking the supplements, they're taking the probiotics, they're doing all the things and they're not getting improvement because you, the system will not work well if you're constantly on the go. Mm, busy, busy. And this, yes, <laughs> busy this is that call, so yes, call to action of midlife going, let's reassess what's working and not. Let's make some changes in our life because this is the time when it's like, hey, Remember all those times you were going to slow down and chew your food and take yoga and walk more? This is the time to do it because if we don't and the digestive system doesn't work optimally, we're going to be nutrient deficient. That means every system of the body is going to start to slow down. And at first it might just be a little gap, but as that continues, that gap gets bigger and bigger. Now we have more fatigue. Now we are at risk for catching more colds and flu. You know, all of the things that happen in menopause exacerbate if we can't have a good digestive system. Again, there's that that word exacerbated, exaggerated. Everything is a little bit more highlighted in this transition. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, yes, let's not ignore it. That's the point. The moral of the story is just take care of your gut issues. And I know some women are going, I have I've been trying. I don't know what to do. And that's why they're listening to this because they're looking for other clues. And, and yeah. you know me now, right? So actually I went through a consultation with you and just to see where my digestive health is. And I was really surprised with what you do and what you offer. And I thought I had a comprehensive health assessment, but yours just <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> it was so intense. It was really thorough. And you looked, you just looked at so many different angles to a woman's health and you asked for their, their blood work and their, their data and their DNA and all this stuff. And, and, 
And I've always been hesitant to go down this gut health route just because I'm one of those people who go, you know, I have no gut issues. I don't have some of these things. But some people yeah. say just because you don't have symptoms doesn't mean you don't have gut issues or let's call it optimized gut. You know, we're biohackers here was like yeah. to optimize it or, or maybe you have mm -hmm. mind ones. Um, so, so what do you say to those people uh, who say, oh, I, you know, I don't have any gut issues? So I say, well, remember what happens in the gut doesn't stay in the gut. Even if you don't have gut issues, the health of your gut is going to impact every other system of the body. So oftentimes women will come with, you know, hormone imbalance or with migraines or with chronic aches and pains. Maybe their neck is tight or they have some inflammation or joint pain and no gas, no bloating, no constipation, but they have these other symptoms or they have that post-nasal drip all the time, or they get sick a lot, those kind of things. And when we actually do a deep dive and heal their gut, those symptoms go away because it is related. Yeah. The gut is just it's, such a big part of the immune system, which I think a lot of people don't understand. Yeah. That makes perfect sense to me if you have other issues, but you would think that they would come with the, with the gut, the, totally. the bloating or the gas or the pain, and, and it doesn't. That's incredible. No, no. And then my, my own personal because I never thought I had gut issues, but I went through this time in my life where I had chronic neck pain and low back pain. And I was a personal trainer at the time. I did all the stretching. I did all the warmups. I had regular massage. I was doing all of these great things. Um, and I literally, to turn the car, this is before there was cameras in cars, right? So, <laughs> so to back up my car, I had to turn my whole body because my neck was so tight. Oh, wow. And it was just, it was awful. And I would get migraines and things like that. When I started working on my master's degree and really took a dive into gut health, and I still didn't think I had anything wrong with my gut, but after I went through a big gut healing protocol, I removed inflammatory foods. Within a month, my neck pain and low back pain were gone. Wow. Oh, wow. And then I continued because, you know, this is, I never ask any of my clients to do something I haven't done. You're the same, Zora. You always try things out too. So I did this elimination diet for 12 months. I did not cheat once. I did not have gluten, dairy, sugar, right, at all. I found all the other alternatives. I was cooking whole 30, paleo, all the things. I found really great food. My hormones were great. I felt great. Skin bumps and my arms cleared up. I didn't have gas. I didn't have bloating, right? All of these things. Neck felt great, felt really good. And then this is what I coach now is resilience. Mm -hmm. Right. Because now I eat pretty clean most of the time. But if I want to enjoy some sourdough bread or some gluten once in a while, I do. I take my digestive enzymes. If I overdo it, that resilience factor wears down. And for me, my rings won't fit. My joints will swell. Hmm. And that won't, my gut won't hurt, but I won't be able to get my thing in. Incredible. You yeah, elimination diet is pretty intense, especially if you've never done it before. Right. And, yeah. and so, yes, some gut specialists would say you do it for a certain amount of time, yeah. three weeks, three months, uh, 12 months is, is, is the first time I've heard that long. Is that something you would recommend? And how, why did you do it for 12 months? I did it because I wanted to see if I could make that a way of living. Right. Because when people ask, they're like, oh, my gosh, what can you possibly eat? And so typically when I work with somebody, it depends. And I always work with them. If that's like out of their comfort zone, they can't do it. I'm like, OK, let's start with can you remove gluten? Right. Or can you remove one or the other? And it just depends on the severity of symptoms. 
like what's really going on typically and this let's side note for a moment so let's go let's talk about celiac for just a second so the old school medicine was is if you remove the wheat and the gluten the celiac will be fine well that's not the case what they realized is yes they wouldn't be triggered if they didn't have gluten but they weren't healing the gut lining so it's a two-pronged approach you remove the offender and then you work to heal it right so if you have a broken leg you stop walking and you put a cast on yeah. right there's two there's two pieces to that so we want to find out what can we do to heal up the gut lining give it a break for a minute and so i work with people to make sure that's you know they can do that usually it's a, a 30-day challenge to try to do mm -hmm. you know and most people will see improvements in 30 days oh wow and within 30 days they yeah. see something that's really good yeah. awesome. and so then everybody's different so i mean i've had a client that removed gluten gluten dairy sugar alcohol for 30 days she's like i feel really good but i'm still having some weird stuff so at that point we did a food sensitivity sweet potatoes Right. And she had been adding all these sweet potatoes because she wasn't having gluten. Uh, so that was a, a random. I had another client and she was like, really? And she was okay, I can do it. And so she removed it and she was doing pretty good. And she's like, I don't know, something's still off. Coffee and chocolate and corn came back on her food sensitivity. Uh, because when people go gluten free, they substitute corn tortillas uh, and yeah. corn chips. And so, and so then she went in and she went six months with none of her food sensitivities. And then she's doing great. Lost weight is a byproduct of getting healthy. Bowels are regular, you know, and then learned habits. So when we were done, I said, okay, you get to choose. This is, it's about resilience. How healthy is the lining to handle a sweet treat, a night out, whatever. And she said, I'm going to a pizza place. I'm going to eat it slowly. I'm going to chew my food and I'm going to take my enzymes. And she was fine. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, but some yeah. people may not feel a I'd say what it's a gut issue or or some other right. thing, joint pain or whatever the minute they eat the food or the day that they mm -hmm. eat the food right can take sometimes days yeah. to have a, effect. so it's sometimes it's really hard to figure out what it, it is, is right it is it really is and and that's where usually ever and then this was something we've talked about too is testing right testing is really expensive food sensitivity testing is expensive stool testing is really expensive everybody's different some people are like i'd rather spend 500 dollars and just have the answer right and then others are like no i'd rather commit to removing these foods for three weeks or a month and then let's kind of play but everybody's different because when we remove those and then if we reintroduce them in a you know systematic way we can usually figure things out pretty easily and most people that i've worked with will say oh, dang it I brought red wine back in and I immediately got inflamed. Mm. But if you don't remove it for a while, you don't notice the reaction. So right? three weeks is a minimum to, to try to get, figure some stuff out. So you, these, these gut tests, uh, or, or no, mm -hmm. you're, you're called telling, you're telling, you called them sensitivity tests, food sensitivity tests. They're pretty accurate. It depends. There's a lot of different ones out there. I use one that's called a mediator release test. So it's really how the cells react in it, you know, having that food particle um, to them. And I think it's, I want to say it's a 97% accuracy. And like I say, I don't have people start with that and have them work on other things first. But in some cases, they're like, no, I want to find out. And so then we can do that. Mm -hmm. A lot of other times, though, it's, we see things like an allergy test from when you go to the typical doctor and they do the prick test to see if you're allergic. And most people say, nope, I don't have any allergies. 
But to your point, there's four different immune responses. Some are immediate, some are three days later. So it's really hard to know what you're testing. So you have to kind of know what you're looking for and work with somebody who can and explain that to you to make sure it's the right one for you. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's just one test, the food sensitivity test or allergy yeah. test. What about the, your opinion on the gut microbiome test? There's so many out there too, and they're not cheap. So some people... Okay. There are a couple of reasons for testing the gut. So if you have been traveling and you get exposed to a really crazy parasite or virus and you're really sick, you go to the doctor and they do a stool test and they can, can you know, identify pathogens and do treatment protocols. So yes, those are situations where that's a really great reason to do a test. For most of us, we can look at a gut test and some of them will help identify what's going on in the gut but they're still not always 100% accurate. So I like the biome effects test from Microbiome Labs, and it's, an, it's a whole genome sequencing test. And so what's different about the way it looks at the gut microbiome is that it takes a sample, it assesses what bacteria are present and what bacteria are out of balance for you. Oh, for so, you specifically. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like I said, everybody has E. coli in their gut, but if it's not out of balance with the other bacteria, it's not necessarily an issue. Oh, interesting. So it's kind of interesting. So the last one that I just worked with, there was definitely issues because out of the, you know, all the keystone strains, most of them were missing. So they were missing out on all the beneficial effects of having all of these keystone species. But the four or five species they did have were going overboard at working and doing a really good job. The answer was, how do we diversify the gut microbiome? How do we eat? How do we feed the microbiome to make it more diverse so that it can function better and give you more optimal health? So what do you, what do you recommend then? What's, what was the protocol for this person? So the interesting piece is eat more vegetables, mm -hmm. eat more vegetables, right? I mean, that's the very simplified version of that, but our bacteria need fiber and that comes from our fruits and vegetables. We don't digest that, our bacteria does. So when we have this diverse array of colors and fibers, our bacteria can diversify. And the other thing is that our bacteria are transient. So you don't just have this microbiome and it stays there forever. It's very, you know, it's affected by our daily lifestyle and it also moves through. So when we talk about traditional cultures, they all had some sort of fermented food. Yes. Yes. Right? Kombucha or kimchi yes. or sauerkraut. Yes. All of it. It's part of their actual culture. It's part of their meals. And so they were ingesting those bacteria on a regular basis. We don't do that today. And we eat a lot more sugar and alcohol. We have a lot more stress and we have, you know, GMO foods and all these things that damage the gut and the microbiome. And that's why the need for probiotics comes up in some situations. Oh, hey, let's talk about probiotics. Then. So, <laughs> so the microbiome test, certain situations, and then, yeah. uh, and of course, get it done with a specialist who understands how to interpret it yeah. and then can guide you on what's going on. And I'll have links to uh, the the ones that you recommended in the show notes as well. So people who are driving, they don't have to stop and <laughs> and and write things down. So then let's talk about then the the supplements and the probiotics is again, there's so much out there. And, and these are always such easy, quick fixes that we think are going to work. Um, and so I, I wonder what you, what your thoughts are. Yeah. In terms of, well, let's start with the yeah. probiotics and then some other supplements that if you think people should. Look at. Totally. So, right. So probiotics are those bacteria and they do lots of cool things, right? They help train our immune system. They help 
They create neurotransmitters like the serotonin we talked about. They manufacture vitamins. Um, this is a good one. This is why we want that bacteria to be balanced. Did you know there are two major species, the Formicutes and the Bacteroides? And if you have more Formicutes, you actually have more susceptibility to gaining weight. Oh, interesting. Can you kill those buggers? We don't want to kill them. We just want to shift the balance. Okay. We just want to shift the balance. But what happens, they actually extract more calories from your food. Oh, to do what? To make you gain weight. Oh, they my just are more efficient. They're more efficient at extracting calories. Yeah. So if you have an imbalance of Formicutes to the Bacteroidetes, there's that chance that you're going to gain weight. Not because of anything you're doing, not because you're eating more, but because your gut bacteria has shifted in a way that leans itself to obesity or weight gain. Oh my goodness. What do we do? Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. So you can test for that and see if you have that and then yeah. you know, yes. you can shift yes. it. How do you, yes. shift you have that? Yes. Like, this is the part that's great. It's really coming back to lifestyle, like reduce your stress, exercise, get your sleep, drink your water, eat your vegetables. There's no magic pill. But when we do talk about probiotics, there's a couple of different things. We've all heard of the lactobacillus, the bifido, you know, all of these different strains that have been around forever. And yes, they all have important jobs to do and they all do wonderful things in the body, but they don't necessarily diversify the gut. So we think in our mind, if I'm deficient in lacto this, I should take that specific strain. It doesn't work exactly that way. Really? Okay. Really? Yes. So what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> So, so when I did my um, uh, master's thesis and I was studying this, it really was about having a multi-strain probiotic so that you've got a lot of different kinds to go into the gut, right? But as I said, they're transient. So taking that probiotic will have them go in, do some good things, and that's great. We now know about spore probiotics, which are a different kind of strain. They're not specific lacto, they're not specific acromancia, they're not these specific strains, but they get into the colon and the large intestine and actually help recede so those other strains grow. So they have the clinical research to show that by taking these bacillus spore, spore probiotics, that the other strains will actually show up. So can it be a spore any kind of bacteria or does it have to be a spore-based lactobacillus for example so it's going to, so when they're spore based they're going to be bacillus strains so if you're looking at the back of your you know probiotics bacillus is going to mean it's a spore based and there's different ways that we get those probiotics right probiotics are in the air spores are going throughout the air right think about your gardening this is why it's important to get your hands in the dirt to be gardening to do all these things because you get exposed to more bacteria this is why it's good to hug your pets Mm -hmm. right and the outside but yeah so it's really interesting so now a lot of the research comes to us saying the spore biotics spore probiotics help receive the gut and then the specific strains can be taken for specific jobs or for specific there, how purpose. many strains are there a bajillion so it's crazy because i understood I, I the way i understood i learned uh from joel green who I threw out at you to, 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 to look into, he said, he talks a lot about acromancia. And the way yeah. I understood it was that he's really trying to harvest this as much as possible uh, through food. I think he, there is a, mm -hmm. could take it as a supplement, but 
the idea was that that was sort of the fertilizer for all the other bacteria. So he says, why take supplements and do all this stuff with other, try to get bacteria from everything else when we can just have acromantia be the fertilizer. But what you're saying to me, the spore base sounds like that's the fertilizer. Yeah. And so, so I definitely use Megaspore Biotic for Microbiome Lab. So that is my preferred spore biotic, but there are a lot of other spore-based probiotics on the market. But they have the clinical research that by taking these bacillus strains, acromantia improves. Okay. So, so in what I've seen too, a lot of the acromantia supplements could be a little more expensive. So maybe that's not always, you know what I mean? Like everything's going to be dependent on what's going to work best for you. What can you be consistent with? What are, you know, what are your goals? What are your symptoms? What are we really working with? So we know the bacillus strains also have an antimicrobial effect to kind of ward off the bad guys. They also actually have shown to improve intestinal permeability by taking them. So we've got really a good heavy hitter by taking these bacillus strains. Mm. Specifically, the ones in Megaspore are the ones that I typically recommend. But know that there are a lot of great companies out there and a lot of great options for you. So it has to be something that works for you, your budget, and your goal. What about somebody who doesn't have any specific uh, issue or particularly may not even make that connection? Maybe they do have something, but they're not Mm -hmm. thinking about the gut. Should those people be taking probiotics all the time, a spore-based probiotic? Not necessarily. So if we remember these, um, our bacteria also help our immune system. So maybe taking something through cold and flu season or the winter might be beneficial, right? So learning, learning how to work with your body and kind of decide those things. So I definitely double up on things during cold and flu season, or if I'm going to have more exposure where I want my immune system to be strong. And then there's times where I'm like, you know what, it's summer, I'm eating lots of salads and lots of vegetables, maybe I won't. It really is about creating that resilience and understanding how the body works, and making the choices that are good for you. You got to know yourself and then and I guess work with a Mm -hmm. practitioner, somebody who understands somebody like you. (laughs) To guide them, go, when do I take these supplements? When do I take these probiotics? What about, let's maybe target somebody who has a certain problem and Mm -hmm. in a gut, let's just say uh, bloating or gas. Let's say that's probably pretty typical, unless you have something else that you think Mm -hmm. women going through menopause have more. What can they do in terms of supplementation and I'm assuming as well, changing their diet and et cetera. But some women, you may say eat vegetables, but they have a really sensitive gut and they can't, you know, they, they yeah. eat vegetables, yes. they bloat like crazy. Uh, how, yeah. how do you help those person, let's say maybe who has IBS already? And and, uh, and so in those situations, so I have, I think we talked about this once because I have done a couple of biome effects tests where we looked through all of the species that they had in their gut and they were missing these key species that actually break down fiber. So if you don't have the bacteria in your gut to break down fiber, you will probably feel more bloated when you eat a salad. And there are those women that are like, okay, I'm going to eat salad. I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel horrible. So in that case, make sure you're steaming your vegetables or lightly cooking them. Because when you cook your vegetables, that breaks down the fiber. It's easier to digest. We still need those vegetables, but probably not in raw form. And then once again, how do we diversify the gut? By adding those probiotics and getting more strains in there. But the first thing when it comes to gas and bloating, most often what I see in midlife women is that they have low stomach acid or low digestive enzymes. 
because they're stressed out, they're eating on the go, they're not sitting down to chew their food thoroughly. And so the food gets in, it doesn't have all of the you know enzymes and, and acid to break it down. And so it sits there and it bloats and it gets gassy and it feels heavy. And when we just add digestive enzymes, a lot of women feel a lot of better real quick. And a lot of better, really fancy. <laughs> yeah. Any any digestive enzyme will work or are there good ones and bad ones in the market? So when it comes to women in midlife, right? When I look at their blood work, I'm looking for clues there as well. And so oftentimes I see that women are low in their stomach acid. So having, a, there's a lot of great, you know, products in the market. So really it is if you notice that there's a difference. A lot of times I'll compare, I'll say, hey, what are you taking? Let me look at it. Okay. It's going to be pretty good. Finish what you've got. And then I want you to try another one. That's a little heavier hitter, right? So for example, you know, if you've had the one that just has the like, you know, pine, pineapple and, and um, papaya, right? You've seen the, the whole food one. Those are great. But usually when we get to midlife, we might need a little more. Okay. A little more. Now, in, lieu of, in lieu of that, Zora, that this is where people struggle. In lieu of that, we could sit down and eat slowly and chew our food. Oh, much cheaper. <laughs> much cheaper. But it's almost impossible for people to commit to doing that. Isn't that crazy? So chewing. Yes. I always say it's like chew 20 times or something like that. Yeah. Like try, to, try to hit 20 times with that. But it, of course, it depends on if it's a soft food, if it's a hard food, but just, <laughs> you know, 20, 30 times, yeah. if you can chew your food, does that work for you? Yes, totally. 20 to 30, like sit down and think about it because you will get full faster. Mm -hmm. The more times you chew, the brain gets the signal that, hey, we need to, we're getting ready to eat food. Let's get ready to break everything down well. That's much different than grabbing the protein bar and running to the car. Yes. How many times or have we even, done that? <laughs> or even at your desk, right? And we've all done it. We've all done it. But that's where that little bit of dysfunction starts. And if we could change our lifestyle, we can improve our digestive health a lot. Sometimes digestive enzymes, though, are are, are people who really, yeah, you, you said don't have the, the enzymes itself. And if they can't create it themselves, I mean, does that happen? Yeah. That they, even no matter how yeah. so they're still not making the enzymes. Yes. And yeah, so, so definitely with age, sometimes we make less hydrochloric acid. Part of that just happens. We want to test that and see how that works for each of us. Um, most people do really well with adding some of that. I also, let's, Look at your blood work. Let's see. Right. So that number is your alkaline phosphatase is a number that you can look at on your regular blood work. And if it's low, which the range on your typical is going to give you this really big range. It's not really as big as it may look. But when that's low, you're likely deficient in zinc and stomach acid. And there's a lot of other markers that can indicate we're not absorbing our protein well, we're not absorbing food well, and there's digestive inflammation. And as midlife women, we need our minerals so that we're relaxed and calm. We need our muscles and our protein, and you need hydrochloric acid to be able to break those down and absorb those. Okay, so they can buy supplement that has hydrochloric acid in it. Is there anything that has everything like the mega spore? Does it have the spores and the probiotics and the hydrochloric acid and the digestive enzymes all together? Not usually, there are some, there are some, I have seen some digestive enzyme formulas that have, you know, some, some probiotics placed in them, which is a little bit, I don't know how that would work so well because you've got the hydrochloric acid in there, you know, but I definitely, there's definitely enzyme formulas that have enzymes, hydrochloric acid, and ox bile to help break down fat. 
because we tend to see more gallbladder issues in women in midlife as well. And so if we can break down our food in the first part of our digestive system, it flows through the system a lot better. So typically I have people start, and this is based on the people that I'm working with, not everybody, people that are coming that want to optimize a digestive enzyme formula with hydrochloric acid and ox bile, something for the gut, which could be glutamine, collagen, collagen, bone broth, something that just helps heal that gut lining, and then a probiotic to kind of diversify the gut microbiome. So there's those three kind of areas that I like to make sure something is going in on a regular basis to support those. And I, I really recommend people not to just go out and buy this stuff and, you know, do everything all at once. I, I think it's really good right. to test and measure and assess. That's what we biohackers like to do first. Yes. Maybe you don't need this, stuff, right? Maybe your blood work shows that you're yeah. fine. You have enough hydrochloric yeah. and you don't need any more waste of money. Um, so I, I really think Definitely. it's nice that you can just test, measure, and assess. And there are, so what tests then the, the, that you would recommend? Because the first step to me is the elimination diet, kind of like nutrition and food and stress, mm-hmm. exercise, like that's yes. sort of the foundation to everything. I would start yes. there and I'm getting it as well. But then what is the next layers after that? The people still have an issue. And I'm not talking just gut issues, because like you said, there's maybe joint issues and there's skin rashes mm-hmm. and other things that may be related yeah. to diet and lifestyle. Honestly, if you can work with a practitioner, they can help sort that order of things out for you based on what's happening. Everybody is so different, right? So sometimes I start with somebody and they have it, they poop once or twice a week total. Well, before we do anything, I want to get their bowels regular. So that's what we work on first. We don't eliminate things. We don't change everything about it. We really work on hydrating them, using castor oil packs, adding magnesium, really trying to get them to eliminate on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. right? Because if they're not eliminating, putting more supplements, all this, they're just not going to feel good. Really working with someone that understands how does the system supposed to work? And let's make sure we're kind of working from the bottom up, top down, I don't know how you want to say that, but looking at all of those pieces, we don't just want to throw everything at you. Let's make sure you're doing the lifestyle pieces first, because most people will feel better if they sit down, if they have more, you know, rest, relaxation, sleep, chewing their food, drinking their water, all of those things. And then if you're not able to feel better with adding things here or there that you're learning about, reach out and find someone to help you. That's really good. And and also there's probably things, you know, that the diet and the lifestyle is easier said than done. And we all have yeah. slides. And <laughs> when I think about having to do an elimination diet with my nomadic lifestyle, like that's, yeah. that's really hard and, and not yeah. realistic at this point uh, yeah. time, maybe the next couple of months, but you know, you have to work with the, what do you do with somebody like that? Because yeah. you know what, yeah. this time is not possible for the next three months or six months or whatever it is yeah. so you need to, come up with a solution and a hack, right? <laughs> totally. And that and that's that's just the way life is, right? If you're in the middle of working on a master's thesis or you're moving or you're traveling, you may not be able to put all of those pieces in at one time, but let's find out what you can do. You can walk after your meals. You can go to bed on time. What are the things you can do because that all does accumulate and have an effect. And then when you're ready to really dive in, you're definitely more committed because you're doing it at the right time as well. So I don't like people to get overwhelmed, especially if somebody came to me right now and I'm like, okay, it's the holidays. Give up all of your favorite foods, <laughs> right? 
So we come up with strategies that are going to make things feel better. And then we know, hey, when are you ready to start? When's going to work for you? And we can do that too. Remember when we were talking about, um, it was in in our Biohacking Women Facebook group. We have these meetups every Wednesday. If anybody wants to join, please join. It's 9.30 in the morning on a uh, Wednesday morning, 9.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's New York time. You mentioned, you and Sandy were, were talking about this test that you could take with baking soda, I think, right? To test your, your, your acidity in the gut. Was it baking soda or was it something yes, else? Well, you can take hydrochloric acid itself and it's really interesting. There's a couple of different tests and we can look some of those up, but I know another thing that's really hard for midlife women is a lot of them have gone to the doctor and they're taking acid blockers, mm-hmm. right? Which lowers their hydrochloric acid and then affects their ability to absorb calcium, magnesium, protein, all the things. But one of the ways you can test with hydrochloric acid is actually take a capsule. If it burns, you know, that's too much. You have enough stomach acid. But I've worked with people that actually take one, nothing, take two, nothing. Like, and because they're so deficient in hydrochloric acid, Uh, it's really crazy. So most people don't want to do these different kinds of self-tests. So I start for the very small amount of digestive enzyme. And if they're fine with it, then we go to the full dose just knowing that that's how the system works a lot of time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's a good idea. So th- we can just test a little bit on our own, but I probably better to get just to get, if you really do have gut issues and, or, or anything, I mean, like you mentioned before, yeah. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Joint pain or high mm-hmm. cholesterol or whatever it is, maybe it is due to the gut. So go get, go get see Laney yeah. or some other specialist because it's, it's really important you get some help with that. So, okay, let's wrap this up. Let's say, well, let's actually, before we go in, how much does it cost to, to meet with a gut specialist in terms of the consultation and then the testing and then the supplements that you need to buy, if you need to buy, like how, mm-hmm. how what kind of a cost is that for someone who's listening now? So if you're reaching out to someone, you want, first of all, you want to know what their certifications are, what's their experience, right? How much do they know about the gut? And if you're in midlife or menopause, make sure you that you know that they work with women that are your age. That's the first thing I will say, because so many times you find somebody that's a gut health or something health, and they really haven't worked with women over the age of 40. And it's a very different system to work with. So know that. Find out if they're doing a package or a consult. The way I work, I do an in- initial intake. I do a 90-minute review and a couple follow-up sessions because I want to make sure people feel supported. And I do do a thorough intake. Depending on what you're getting, a lot of people, are, you're probably going to spend anywhere from two to $500 for kind of that initial content, you know, working with someone. And then the testing, like I said, depending on what you are trying to accomplish, Right. If someone tells you you have to take the test, I don't necessarily think that's always the case, right? Unless there's something really we're trying to identify. But testing can run anywhere from three to six or seven hundred dollars for tests. That's a lot. In my opinion, I would rather focus on lifestyle and some really high quality supplements. But once again, based on where you are and what works for you, we can do that anywhere from $50 a month up to $300 a month, depending on what we're going, you know, what's the goal? What's the goal? Do we have a lot of things that we're trying to work on at the same time? How much lifestyle can you commit to? And then do we just need a little supplement? Or is lifestyle not really ready to be changed? So we're going to go heavy on the supplements. 
right? So it's kind of working that. So it doesn't have to be super expensive, but you want to make sure you know someone who has studied the gut, has studied different probiotics, has studied different supplements, and understands midlife women. So important. I'm so glad you mentioned that because the system is totally different. <laughs> and uh, certain things I'm sure cross, but again, it's yeah. dealing with a lot of hormones and, and menopause. Yeah. So that person may not be aware of, of that. And that's a pretty mm -hmm. complex system. Okay. So let's talk, let's have three simple things. A woman who's going through this menopause transition now who has trouble with her digestion. What does she do to heal her gut? Sit down, slow down and eat undistracted. So make your meal time a meditation time. Truly make your meals a meditation. We all need to reduce our stress and we all need to improve our digestion. So do it at the same time. Sit down and give yourself 15 minutes minimum. If you can go longer, sit down, chew your food. Don't have the TV on, have some music, have company. Really maximize that, right? That's super important. Aim to get your colors of your vegetables, drink your water, right? Get enough protein. So really vary that diet. And then three, move your body, move your body every day. We forget that the way the digestive system works is with lots of contractions and movement. And if you're sitting all day, the system doesn't work as well. So moving and walking is really important for digestive health as well. Great tips. Okay. <laughs> Stop, eat your food without distraction, get plenty of color, get the rainbow on your plate, and then move, move a little bit. So really great. Yeah. Super simple, right? Why can't we do this? Let's let's all do it now. Commit to that today. <laughs> yes, let's do it. What about the woman who has quote unquote no good issues, gut issues? Any advice for her to keep it that way? The same things. The same things. Enjoy enjoy the food you eat. Sit down and enjoy it. Remember that food is meant to be enjoyed and it's meant to nourish you. And if you really think about doing things in your life and consuming things in your life that nourish the body, you're going to feel a lot better. So always nourishing and making sure you're doing more nourishing activities than depleting activities. Right. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about your practice and your programs. And you've got so many free resources on your website and, and uh, l let us know what, what we can get. I love working one-on-one -on -one with women because I really want to help you find the pieces to your puzzle. Because there's a lot of pieces to unpack. Is it, is it the dental feelings that you have? Is it the stress of your life? Is it that you're not getting enough calcium? I like to put all those pieces together. So I like to work with women. We do some testing. We do a big intake. I really sit down with them, explain the results, go over that, come up with a game plan and hold their hand for a little bit and then say, go fly, young one, right? <laughs> and really help you, especially at midlife, I've kind of coined it as we enter this next chapter of life and we're like, okay, something has changed, right? And so I'm like, we need to create our new owner's manual. Mm -hmm. And so how do we do that? Let's get all the stats. You know, this is a biohacker. What's the information that we can gather so that we can come up with a new game plan? So that's how I like to work with women is that one-on-one. -on -one. I do have some group programs that I run every now and then, a, a hormone reset program and a trust your gut program. Those will probably launch again in 2024. And yeah, and then anything that's on my website, I'm adding some new freebies coming up soon. And then I'm on Instagram. So yeah, and in the biohacking group once in a while. <laughs> yes, our biohacking menopause Facebook group. Come and join us every Wednesday. 
And you also have a really great guide. I loved it. The Simple Strategies to Optimize Gut Health. It's yeah. so thorough, actually. It is it's it is simple and it's very <laughs> thorough. So I'm going to put that in the show notes. And yeah. uh, and you've got a free discovery call. Yes. Touch yes. You feel you out a little bit. And uh, yes. So yeah, fill it out. Let's have a let's have a chat. Thirty minutes. I ask some questions so I know what you're dealing with, and let's kind of let's get you on the right path. Let's get you making some decisions and and make smart ones that work for you and make you feel your best. Awesome. And I also am going to include in the show notes. I know you've got. We didn't talk about castor oil packs, but that's that's a big thing. And you've got ten percent off of that with the code Laney ten. And I saw you got a little shop, so I can know I can go back and and so I'm gonna I want to get some of these spores, uh, spore based probiotics as well, test them out. And I always forget what's the brand and megaspore and all that now, but it's I'll 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 have a link to that little shop too. It's nice to see what you're what you are sort of a yeah. well. So your website yeah. is called graystarhealth.com. Your Instagram mm-hmm. is laney.gray, and and I'm gonna have an email for you too. Uh, but before I let you go, are there any last words for a woman going through menopause? Get excited. This is a journey that we should be excited about. I know it seems a little overwhelming and the symptoms feel crazy, but just like any roller coaster, when you finally just throw your hands up, you can enjoy the ride and know that the best is yet to come. <laughs> oh, woo! oh you know what let's just enjoy the ride right everybody's on it so let's have fun together let's have fun everybody is on it we are on it all together (laughs) so we're gonna have a positive yeah vibration positive effect on each other at least no matter how hard it is we're gonna try to to laugh our way through this okay totally I love it, Lainey. Thank you so much for sharing. You're such a wealth of knowledge. And I'm, I'm really excited. I always learned so much from you. And I'm excited. I got to have you on again. We're talking about caster, caster packs, I think. <laughs> I'm very curious to know more about that. But let's have it again. Have a wonderful evening there where you're at. And yes. Yeah. And everyone else who's listening, have a good day, good night, good morning, wherever you're at. Take care. Thanks so much. Hey, did you enjoy the podcast? Don't forget to subscribe to be notified of all the new episodes and leave a review to help build the tribe. It's a small act of kindness that brings me big benefits and helps others find this amazing content. The best thing you can do is share. Sharing is caring. Statements made on this podcast have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. Anything we say or products we mention are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Information provided by this podcast is not a substitute for personal medical advice and not intended to replace a one-on-one relationship with a qualified healthcare professional. It is intended as a sharing of knowledge and information from the personal research and experience of me and my guests.